Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome in, Ute fans, to a morning edition of the KSL Sports Front Page and the Crimson Corner Podcast. I'm your host and Utes insider, Trevor Allen. And we are doing the rounds with the new Utah basketball coaching staff, and we are wrapping it up after we've already talked to, to uh, Craig Smith, Eric Peterson, and DeMarlo Slocum. Now, the newest addition to Craig Smith's staff, we go to Tim Morris. Tim, good morning. Morning. Walk us through the, the process of how you got to Utah from Cincinnati. Well, you know, we had a, had a little bit of a, a rough ending to our situation there. Um, but I was named interim head coach and was going through the process of, you know, helping with the transition there and was interviewed for the head spot there. And, um, but also during that time, I, we had some, Craig and I had some mutual friends and we got to know each other a little bit and, um, we saw eye to eye on a whole lot of stuff and it just, there was just chemistry and how he saw the game, how he saw running the program. Um, some of my connections and ties out here, Midwest, down South. And um, we just decided to take the plunge. So I uh, had a few conversations and I had a few other options I was choosing in between, but it just, the combination of Craig, his his history, how he does things, um, the Utah program, the city, uh, university is just, it was too good to pass up. So decided to come out West, come back out West and I'll be a running you. How was the last, you know, week and a half or two weeks been for you since you've arrived on, on campus and, and on this coaching staff? Oh, it's been seamless. Um, honestly, it's just been uh, the the staff that Craig's put together has been awesome. Like we've we like I said with Craig, as much as we saw it eye to eye, the, the rest of the staff. Like I've been on some staffs where there's um, a little bit of territorial people, a little bit territorial, or don't have the, the right chemistry with how we work together. But this group, we're we're a team, you know. So your best teams on the floor are teams that complement each other, and uh, the group we have up here has been really complimentary of each other. There's, I mean, DeMarlo, he's, he's been here forever, so he, he knows the lay of the land. He's been welcoming. Um, Eric's been awesome. You know, he knows Craig so well. And just being able to come in and hit the ground running, you know, get to know the, know what we need, get to know the staff, get to really get out on the recruiting trail, trying to um, complete this roster. And 
only piece I'm missing is getting here, getting on the floor with the guys. And that's one of the things I love to do. So um, we'll start that back up in June. I got here right on the last day of um, of workouts. So I didn't get a chance to really get to, to work with the guys, but really looking forward to that part too. Digs are also pretty nice too, right? Oh, ridiculous. We're, I've seen a, um, a list that ranks as number five. I want to see the other four, <laughs> you know? So Digs are great. I want to talk about a player who's already transferred into the program that you actually coached over the last year, and that is Gabe Madsen. While he didn't play many games at Cincy, you have had a chance to work with him and coach him. Uh, just talk about what he brings to Utah and, and who he is on and off the floor. Oh, I love Gabe. Uh, Gabe's my guy. He, We got to know each other a little bit, obviously, from working with him for a year. And um, at Cincinnati, my responsibilities was all of the perimeter player um, skill development. So on the court, we, I mean, I got to spend a lot of time with them working out. Like we do practice and then we have three, four times a week where we do some one-on-one stuff. So got to spend a lot of time with him. He, he can really shoot the ball, but that's not all he is on the court. You know, he's got some, I mean, even in high school, I saw him go for 40, you know, where he's uh, reckless has a, a negative connotation, but not for him. When he's playing free flowing basketball, I mean, he can score and in all different types of ways, deep range, getting in the paint, finishing, playing off the dribble. Um, so no, you, he, he'll be a lot of fun. You see that hair flowing and then he's just, he's, he's, he's really getting it going. And from a, from a personal standpoint, you don't, you don't meet a higher character dude. Like Gabe's just, um, salt of the earth, really, really, uh, cares about people. Great teammate. Um, good person. Uh, just now we got a good one in Gabe. I know that there's a lot going on and you're, you know, try, trying to acclimate to uh, being on the staff. You mentioned that, that you worked with the perimeter players when you were at Cincinnati. Is right. that going to be the case here? Yeah, I'll do some between DeMarlo and I. I think we'll do we'll we'll split the development of the guards. I played the position. I was a, a combo guard when I played. And um, ever since I've been a coach, that's been kind of my focus area. I, I like to stay in great shape. So I call myself a sparring partner. So I. Uh, a lot of guys work with cones. I like to get out there and be, have a physical presence with them, you know, feel it, do it. Um, one of the things I, I believe in is you get a, you, you stay connected. As we get older as coaches, you can lose your separation. I, the players stay the same age, we get older, but yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep that feeling of, um, of what it's like to be in the fire, you know? So when you can still do the moves, when you can still uh, see the game and feel the game and sweat and do those things, I think you, you they relate to you better. You can get into their world some. They feel you. They listen more. And they like it's almost like some of the um, older guys on 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 in the NBA on teams. They they're they're not officially coaches, but they're they they're acting like coaches. So I, I like to try to model some of my coaches coaching like that. Obviously, I'm I'll still have the respect for the guys and accountability and all those things. But I think the more you can get into it with them and um, the better, the more you can maximize their abilities a little bit better. So since you are going to be working with, be working with, the, with the guard play, play I, I want to ask you about some of the guys that, that are on this roster now. I know a lot of them are um, with, you know, Raleigh, Marco, David Jenkins, but uh, you've also got guys like, like Rylan Jones who are, are still within the program from, from last year. And, uh, Jackson Brenchley and all that. I, kn- I know you haven't had a chance to work with them on the floor yet, but I'm sure you've watched film and talked to the coaches about it. Just talk about yeah. some of the guards that are that are in this program right now. No, I'm excited about all of them. You know, like just seeing 
there's so much talent in the, in the in the program already. You know, just being able to get in there and and just work with them on on sharpening everything up. I think player development is a big part of what Coach Smith wants to do with our program. Like it's not just um, team stuff that we're going to do. And on a day to day basis, we're going to build in 20 to 30 minutes of skill development there. So. I think the combination of just seeing this, the new system we're going to play in, I think I, we build um, our player development off of where you're going to get your opportunities in the game. So we want to rep. Yes, you're going to do your fundamentals like passing, shooting, dribbling, all those things on a day-to-day basis where it's second nature. But the other piece we want to do is really, really uh, train the situations they'll see in the games. So what, when it comes to the game, it's just second nature. All the fancy, fun stuff that comes is just a reaction. You don't have to think about um, a lot of those things that come after that. So working with those guys, I've watched them. We have some guys who can really shoot, really think, um, really make quick decisions, and that makes a dynamic offense where you have multiple guys on the floor who can do all that. Coming in on Twitter, uh, there's a question. What are the top three things you are looking for when you are evaluating a prospect? Number one thing, like, and this is – little bit subjective, but that's part of what, what it is. But is he a ball player? Like you have some guys who have elite talent. Like you have a guy who has an elite speed, elite size, or um, just elite physicality, like a big-time athlete. But for me, we, we use this – I use this saying it comes from the military. Is, does he have a tight OODA loop? And that's um, observe, um, orient, um, decide, act. And it's basically like you think about your quarterback. How uh, in football, how quickly can he make his reads? So quick processing, is he a quick process? When you have multiple quick processes on the team, like five guys who can really do that, that's one of the reasons I love BC so much. I mean, big fellow who can shoot it um, and pass it and think. So when you have multiple guys who can shoot and pass and think, that's that's a huge deal. Second piece is ability to shoot. Third third thing is just is he a competitor? You know, does he does he love it? Do you see some fire in him? Is he a is he a go getter? Like. When you got guys who got a little nastiness to them and along with skill and then the ability to think, oof, then, then you got you got a guy there. You got a dude there. How much does that player's personality off the floor, the way that they interact with their teammates and, you know, feedback from coaches and all that stuff, how much does that factor into it? Oh, it's, it's absolutely important. I mean, you, you, you do – I've been a part and kind of been trained to be really thorough. So you talk to everybody. A lot of NBA guys, you end up, when they're doing their pre-draft work, um, they're talking to everybody who who've, the players have interacted with. So you, and I kind of model my approach to that too. I'm going to call, want to talk to family, friends, girlfriends, um, people you work with, teammates. And also you can see some of it, but you can't, especially in some of this, um, the way the process is going now, COVID era, and even transfer with the portal, you don't have as much time. You don't have as much time to really dive in. So you really, really have to ask a lot of questions, talk to a lot of people. You, 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 some of these recruitments have been a little bit quicker. So, yeah, you want to you get as much information as you can. And then at the end of the day, you got to go on your gut and how, you, how the person makes you feel. Um, I think uh, as a player, the players follow coaches not because of what they've done, but it's what they've done, but it's more because of how they made you feel. And I think some of that stuff, along with obviously you got to get the background and the detailed information about who they are as people. Um, all those things matter, too. Mike comes in on Facebook saying, welcome coach. Um, and he, he's asking what you guys as a staff are looking for uh, as far as filling your guys' you know, final roster spots. You guys have a couple of scholarships available, especially because of the portal with how crazy it is this year. And I'll ask you about that here in a minute. But 
Um, are you guys looking to fill those with some, some of the high school recruits going into the portal? I know, I know that there's some of the reports out there. You guys have been talking to people and, or are you guys going to go into the junior college ranks? We're going to look at all of them. We're, we're in the process of, obviously you're going to look at the portal, obviously look at some young guys too. Um, and even Juco, like we're, we're going to look for, to find the best fit no matter where they come from. Um, the thing for us is, you know, you have this, this transfer culture, the portal culture. For us, it's finding, um, giving guys a lot of ownership. So, and showing them the connection and building a, a culture that's where guys have ownership and investment so we can keep building it. Because at the end of the day, yes, there's going to be movement. There's movement around the country. But if you create a good culture where there's ownership and investment, then you, you that's still a big fundamental piece of, of building a sustain, building sustainable success. You got to have continuity. So we're going to reach anywhere, all all over, and all of those different places, and you know, really beat the bush. But the the key is finding people who fit into and believe in what we believe in, and believe in the guys that we're coming here um, that are already here. So we can just have a together group that we can. Sit. I mean, the fish is, is better than open hand. I know there's over a thousand, and I think we're approaching fifteen hundred portal entries. When this whole transfer portal thing came to be, did you envision it being this big of a deal to where you guys are primarily going into the portal trying to find players? Actually, I did. I think this has been a long time coming um, just because of the way um, college sports have evolved. Um, I remember when I was a player, there was just the players didn't have a lot of power. And I think it's honestly just been a balancing act right now to where players have gotten more power, more influence. And this is that, um, this is the manifestation of that, you know, like coaches could leave, coaches could transfer, basically transfer and all that stuff, but players didn't have that power. So honestly, I just, it's, it's since, even since I've been a player, I'm 36, I was playing in the early two thousands, but there wasn't that freedom, you know? So I think that's, that's basically what this is. Now we have to figure out as coaches and as, um, people who run the industry, how we want to, you know, manage that. And is this the right way? And does there need to be, a, do there need to be adjustments to how things are done? But yes, this was, I could kind of see it coming, you know, if, just being honest. Are you a fan of the portal? Because I know coaches kind of have a, a different, you know, opinion on it. it. It kind of varies. I don't know yet. It's too, too early. Like, you know, <laughs> this is the first year I'm just in it, you know, trying to, you know, get the lay of the land. I, I, I do fundamentally believe that like players do deserve some freedom, but I also think that there's um, we just there's going to be some tweaks. You got there's tweaks to everything to to look at, and we have to see how it actually ends up working. Um, so Drew's still out for me. There you go. Um, and then uh, I actually had uh, another another question come in on Twitter. What areas of the the uh, country do you feel that you have the strongest connections as far as being out on to the recruiting trail? Oh, that's, I'm kind of unique. I mean, I'm originally from Atlanta. I played in at Stanford in Northern California, then went up to um, Pacific Northwest, built some relationships there and spent the last five years as a coach in the Midwest. So I've developed relationships all over there. Um, for, for me, it's been, you know, recruited Indiana, recruited um, Ohio, recruited Illinois the last few years, um, have some really strong talents down South um, from playing there. And then also, California, Northern California, and, um, and Washington. So build relationships in other parts of the country, but those, those few states that I just mentioned are my strongest, you know. Um, but uh, I think it's a big piece to be able to 
have build relationships wherever you are and be able to connect with people wherever you are. And I, I actually told Craig this when we were going through the process. Um, it's easier to sell gold than dirt. So when you're selling a place like Utah uh, and you're a relationship person, you can really get some stuff done. Well, and that and, you know, also trying to, you know, climb up the coaching ranks where you're going, you know, smaller schools. And then now you're, you know, making a big time being in, in power six uh, basketball. But, you know, speaking of that, you, you mentioned you uh, played at Stanford. The Pac-12 has kind of changed a little bit since then. What are your thoughts of, of the conference as it stands right now, now that you're going to be coaching in it? Oh, it's been um, there's been a lot of change, you know, added two schools since I've played in it. Um, but the more the recent success, I mean, you can see it. I was excited about getting back out here. I think West Coast basketball is awesome. You know, um, the Pac-12 was the highest performing uh, conference in the in the tournament last year. You know, and I think that's just uh, a signs of, of where things are where things are going. Um, great, great basketball culture all over the all over the um the West. And um, I think it's going to be a, a great league and I'm excited about being in it. What led you to go from Atlanta to Stanford when you were deciding to play basketball? I grew up in, um, in the Southeast and I love it in Atlanta's home. My, my mom's from Georgia. My dad's from Louisiana. So I'm a Southern boy at heart, but I wanted to see something new. I was from till I was 18. I was, I was in Atlanta and I just, I love the West coast. I, I visited a few other places. I think my last two, um, I was choosing between Notre Dame and Stanford, and I think Georgia Tech and Florida were two other schools in my top four when I was getting recruited. But it was just – I got off the plane, and just like you got the mountains outside my office now, I saw those mountains, and I was just like, this is this is where I want to be. And um, Stanford had won back then, and the Pac-12 was a big-time conference, and um, Coach Montgomery was a you know historic coach. So just Pac-12 in the West, it just drew me, and this, it was a similar situation here. Uh, Coach uh, Craig called me and I was like, man, this is that's really intriguing, which is something about um, pulling me back out west. And, you know, the view probably isn't all that bad either, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, a- another question comes in and and all these questions have, have been really good. I know that there's a lot of players who and, you know, we've we've already talked about the portal. There have been some players from from the, from the Utah program that have entered the portal. How is it as far as the mindset? Say that a, a player goes into the portal but then chooses to come back to Utah. How, how does that whole process go with you guys as, you know, coaching staff say that one of the guys who's in the portal now chose to come back? No, I get it. There's uncertainty is hard for young people. You know, you get, you get change, you get transition. And these are some, some massive decisions that you have to make that, that are going to affect your life. Um, so especially in moments like this, where there's transition, where there's so much uncertainty, where there's so many variables that you have to process, we want to give guys respect, you know, Obviously, we want guys to be invested when they're here, fully invested in what we're doing and be a part of it and take ownership. So I think there's a balance between um, giving guys respect and freedom to to make a decision, especially in significant moments like this when you have a coaching change and you're getting to know new people and you're getting to know us and all that. So I think we want to give respect, but we also, once you're here, you're here. You're here to be invested in what we're doing, invest in your teammates, invested in um, being a Utah youth. So um, that's, that's kind of the... Um, the approach we've been taking. I know that you haven't had a chance to work out with players yet, but I know you've been talking to them and all of that stuff. And I've actually asked this of Craig and all, and all the other coaches I've had on, on this stream. And I'll ask you this, what should Utah fans expect from the running Utes this season? Um, I think a, a group that's really going to fight, 
you know, really going to fight, be tenacious, be really solid defensively, going to play with a lot of freedom offensively. Um, and I think there's going to we're going to be a together group, you know, a group that's going to be sharp and disciplined, but we're going to go together and we're going to really fight and compete every day. You know, something that you mentioned was playing more more freely on offense. What are some of the pros and cons of doing that as opposed to a more structured offense? Well, I think you that goes down to your philosophy. I think at, at its essence, basketball is a, um, a free-flowing game. And that's where you, somebody asked me earlier about the, the recruiting question, what do you look for? If you don't have guys that can think and make quick decisions and quick processes, you can't play with freedom. You have to, you have to control it from the coaches. Like because you have to have a structured system because then you'll turn it over or you won't get um, op- you won't be efficient offensively because there'll be too many mistakes. But if you train the during practice the guys how to make decisions, how to put them in situ- scenarios as opposed to rigid um, structured things, then um, if you train it, then once it gets to the games, then you're making reactions and the guys' natural talents and and can come out because at the bottom, the, the core of this whole thing is if you basketball, you, you don't know where the defense is going to be every time. You can't predict every single scenario. So when you have guys multiple who can, who can think and play and, and read, then that, that increases your ceiling, your ability to, 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 to really score it and become a dynamic offense goes through the roof. If I were to tell you when you were at Kennesaw state, as, as an assistant coach, getting your, your career started in the year 2021, you will be an assistant coach at the University of Utah. What would you say? Uh, would you have ever thought that that would have happened? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I, I didn't know. I never put a, uh, a place on where I wanted to be when it came. It was just the types of people I wanted to work with, the type of um, university and support that I wanted to be a part of. You know, like my path to Cincinnati, I hadn't been to the Midwest, you know. But it was a similar background to a place like here where you got the really knowledgeable, supportive, um, engaging fan base that wants excellence. And that's what I want, you know, like the standard and the pressure to to succeed and the frustration when it's not there. That's the pressure like that pressure that I put on myself is even higher, you know. So being at a place like this where basketball is love, you have this this great support is just that's what I thought I'd be in. You know, the name. No, hadn't thought about it, but the type of environment I want to be a part of where you can, you can play for championships. Yeah. That's yeah. I thought I'd be here. You know, that's why I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept anything less. So when did you start getting to know Craig Smith? So I knew him, um, got him, to, got to start, got to know him a little bit over the last um, month, month or so, month and a half or so. And like I said, we, we had some mutual friends who knew each other and the basketball community small. Mm-hmm. So through both of us doing, talking to people and, um, exploring some of those relationships, doing some background checking on each other. It just seemed like a natural fit. It's kind of crazy where, you know, just over the last month and it's all through like mutual friends and now you're packing up and moving clear to Salt Lake city from, from Cincy. Right. 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 No, it's, it's been a whirlwind, you know, being, uh, yeah, you know, named interim and then uh, getting out here, coming and talking, moving out here, finding a place, my wife's back home getting our place together in Seoul. We have twins, uh, four, it'll be four in June, one wow. on the way. So it's just been, it's been a whole whirlwind. You know, I'm, I got to go back to Cincinnati at some point to, to figure everything out there. And then we'll be back in, back here in June for good. 
I just got to say, as someone who is also a twin, uh, prayers are with you, man. Prayers are with you because uh, <laughs> I, I know how, how, how crazy that could be. Just kind of tell all the Ute fans that as we wrap up here who you are as a person, you know, you know, just kind of getting to know you as a person. Who is Tim Morris? Oh, that's a that's a broad question. How how much time do you have? I mean, I love all hoops. The time, that's the, as long as you have. <laughs> no, my um I love hoops. I love my family. Um I like golf. Uh I'm a I'm curious intellectually, like I guess those are general questions, general, you know, qualities about me. Um, but I think what drives me at my core is to maximize my abilities, you know, like, and help guys maximize their abilities. That's where, it, that's where it kind of translates to the basketball stuff. Like for me growing up, my biggest fear was always um, not maximizing who I am. And I got hurt. I ended up having to retire early because of a hip injury. And um, for me, I want I don't want the guys that I that I coach to have to go through what I went through and not feel like they um, they were their best. So I always use the analogy in recruiting, respect your elders. And for me, that's rooted in the wisdom that older people that people who are older have. You if you if as an older person, um, you've experienced things that young people haven't. So I don't care how strong you are, how smart you are, how driven you are, how hard you work. Uh, you'll go faster and more efficiently to where you want to get to if you have somebody who's been in those shoes before, who's truly invested and fully invested in who you are as a person, and your and where you're going to be as a um, as a player, like helping you get there. So, for me, that drives me. You know, I want to. I'm driven to getting our guys' world um, to be empathetic, to help them grow, and just in every aspect of their lives. And do the same thing with my kids, you know, like, I think everybody understands that from, a, um, from as we're parents, but I think, uh, yeah, that, that carries over to, to this coaching world. Like our family's invested. My wife was a, um, national champion gymnast. So she understands that world too. So, um, we're invested in this and she's invested in us and, and we're invested in the, in the Utah program. That's, that's, that's why it's easy to, to, to pick up and go. We're here, we're here, we're all in. And, um, that's uh, like I said, I could keep going. Uh, you can tell I'm a, I'm a bit uh, I'm kind of thorough in, in how I think about things. I, but uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about being here, excited about uh, what we can build here. Final thing. And then I will I will cut you loose. You mentioned at the top of the stream that there was a little bit of a rocky ending to your time at Cincy. I know that I know that you were going to be interim coach. You you interviewed for that job. But I, I know that it wasn't a, a typical departure from the uh, head coach how has that helped you that that whole situation helped you and now to where maybe you might have to run into something like that down the line to be able to handle it well anytime you have you know some tough situations i think everybody struggled through had some type of struggle through covid you know through that through that year and um there's some variables that go into all of it so Seeing you have you learn positive lessons, you know, through um, through life, you also can learn some negative lessons that you that you learn from. So we were together for for some years working there and um, saw a bunch of things and went through a bunch of things and things we could we could do better, things we could learn from things that I learned and saw and tried to help. Um, but I think what it really taught me was at the core, be there for the guys. Um, that was one of the big reasons I was um, named interim, I think, helping them through 
and being empathetic with whoever you're working with. And I think that ends up helping you be your best self and helping people be great. So for me, I learned a lot through that process. And I think um, being in that chair for a little bit helped me see the world and see this business and see coaching in a from a different perspective. You know, you're in it, you're supporting um, coaches, you're supporting the players, but when you're over it all, you're, you're, you see it a different way, you know, and I think that'll help me to help coach Smith um, lead this program. Is it, is it safe to say that your wife's going to become a fan of the uh, Red Rocks now? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're used. I mean, there's, you're also, um, she did a lot there and she's connected to, to, to her program. And, but uh, she's, she's definitely, uh, she'll definitely support us too. All right, Coach. It was great getting to know you initially. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this again prior to the season starting. I really do appreciate you carving out some time for me. I, I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Trevor. Enjoyed it. All right. And there you go. That is Utah assistant basketball coach Tim Morris here on the KSL Sports front page. It's powered by kslsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.